Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you here this morning. I have something very different than I normally do. I'm going back to part of the scripture that I read last week. How many remember what last week's sermon was about? Well, just forget it and then you'll be with everybody else and it'll be okay. <laughs> I was hoping nobody would. <laughs> you remember because you heard it on the, yeah. I do feel it's necessary to go back to this set of scripture we're going to be looking at. Back to Ecclesiastes chapter 3 if you want to go there. We're going to look at this for just a few minutes. I'm going to cover a few more points that I want to make clear this morning about these two scriptures. And then we're going to listen to a testimony from two men in Israel that I have come to love their hearts. No need to give you any introduction. They'll do that. They'll tell you who they are and why this was important. I don't want you to think I'm being boring and repetitive because I'm going back to this. But I just couldn't skip over it and bring a different message. I tried very hard. But I believe that this is the message because this is the hour. For every Christian and certainly for every non-Christian. I think that there's nothing more important right now than what's going on in Israel as far as our world condition goes, both from a prophetic and a biblical perspective. And I do not pretend to be an, author, uh, an authority on any of that. I just know what I see and I know what I read in the scripture. Because if you're a believer in Christ, and you're already living a called-out, Christ-centered life, then you already know that this event is so clearly important and indicates that we are so near to the rapture of the saints of God. Can I hear an amen on that? Amen. amen. And if you are not yet a believer, then you should know that this attack on Israel should change your mind about who Jesus Christ is and thereby change your life because you too can accept this wonderful, merciful gift of salvation that Almighty God made possible for you. This is the same God that chose the nation, and I mean the very land the soil of Israel, as well as the Jewish people, to be his own. He owns the land. He owns the people as his. He claimed them as his own. Whether or not they recognize that at this moment doesn't change the facts, does it? No. We're going to read Ecclesiastes 3, 14, and 15. It talks about these facts this way. You can apply this both to yourself and to the land and the nation of Israel. Verse 14. Let me just say before I read them, 
as every week, every Monday or Tuesday morning, I take my notes that I've typed up and prepared and Don has me write up a summary of what the message was about to put on the website so that people who go there can see what the message title is and then there's a little summary underneath it. And I was writing that summary and I just said, Lord, I'm bothered by this scripture. I don't understand it fully. So in researching this, this is why I came back to these two scriptures that I want to go over once again. Verse 14, and I know that, this is Solomon writing, of course, and I know that everything God does is final. Nothing can be added or taken from it. And that God does these things so that people will fear him. And verse 15, what is happening now has happened before. And what will happen in the future has happened before because God makes the same things happen over and over again. In looking at this scripture and reading more relevant verses about it, I came to Matthew 24, verse 35, and it says this, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. And thus he causes his word to repeat, to bring the past forward, whether for judgment or whether for blessing, into the present. And in so doing, he rewrites our future. This is to prepare us for judgment because all time and all events are bound by his word. He does this because he wants people to fear him, as he stated in verse 14, and he wants his best for us. So he teaches and reteaches and teaches yet again until we have learned what he is teaching us. From a human perspective, we look at this as negatively. We tend to think that the former days, the better days, remember, are gone forever. But listen, God reaches back to the past. He checks his word. The Bible says that his word cannot change. He goes back to it and he prepares us for judgment. What? Judgment of the saints? Oh, yes. We saw how God did this with Job, how in his mercy he brought back the past blessings in far greater number to Job, physical blessings that were completely unreachable in Job's present. Yet God changed his present because he changed his heart, which changed the blessing of the future. And we see this demonstrated many times in scripture. Joseph, 
Elijah, Abraham, Noah, and on and on and on, where the circumstances of the present were brought back to the future, if you will, by God's power. And he will do this for us too. Because even when our future looks doomed, maybe even to our own fault, he can rewrite it. And there's much hope in this. It doesn't mean that those messes that we created will necessarily be completely resolved and erased because God is not a genie in a bottle or a short order cook that serves up platters of happy, happy, happy. But he alone has the power over time, over events, and over his word to bring our past back to our mind and into full existence if he so chooses. I read many, many uh, other writings on this and one, one of the writers said that the, he does this to enable us to sort through our past and bring more clarity to how we handled things. What did we do wrong? What can we do better in the future, thereby preparing us to handle it better? I won't go into it right now. At some point in time, I probably will. But I've experienced this in my own life. And I'm sure that if you look at your past, you may think, how many times do I have to go through this same thing? How many times do I have to face this same problem or this same event that comes over and over? Are you learning from it? Took me a while to learn on this particular one thing I am thinking about. But he helps us through the Holy Spirit to learn what we should have known and what we should have done the first time so that we can handle it better in the future. Because God always has our best in mind. Jeremiah 29, verses 10 and 11. God said through the prophet Jeremiah to Israel, this is what the Lord says. You will be in captivity for Bab in Babylon for 70 years. But then I will come and I will do for you all the good things I've promised. And I will bring you home again. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And a few verses later, he says, the Lord of heaven's army has spoken this. And now the war that's going on in Israel today. Maybe the Lord has called this up, this event up from Israel's past. We know how many times we have read about the battles that Israel has faced, the attackers that have attacked them that God is using this event to reteach, to teach again to the Jewish nation, to redirect their cold hearts to himself and cause them to fear him. Or maybe God has a dual intent, and it's also to bring judgment 
to the oppressors and the attackers and interrupt and stop their abuse of the land and God's people. If you would turn to Psalm 122, I'm going to close. And Don, you can get ready to cue this, this video if you would. Psalm 122, verses 4 through 9. All the tribes of Israel, the Lord's people, make their pilgrimage here. They come to give thanks to the name of the Lord as the law requires of Israel. Here stand the thrones where judgment is given, the thrones of the dynasty of David. Pray for peace in Jerusalem. May all who love this city prosper, David writes. O Jerusalem, there may there be peace within your walls and prosperity in your palaces. For the sake of my family and my friends, I will say, may you have peace. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek what is best for you, O Jerusalem. And this is why I said, maybe the Lord is pulling this back once again out of the past because he wants to bless Israel and cause judgment on those who are perpetrating this, this war. I don't believe that this war is perpetrated only by this terrorist group. They have backers, as I said last week. And anyone who does not stand with Israel will be judged. I believe that by God or by us when the vote time comes, as I said last week. I want to play this 15-minute video for you. As I said, it, it introduces them, themselves. The hosts tell you who they are. But we're going to pray for Israel once again and pray for the peace of Jerusalem. For this is what the battle is all about, control of Jerusalem. Don, if you would play. Well, hey, everybody. I'm Joshua. And I'm Caleb. And we are still alive. You're welcome. All right, guys. There's a lot to catch up on. We know we missed a day, so let's get at it. Israel has issued a warning. If you live I've come to love these men deeply. Their mother is full-blood Jew. Their father is a Christian. And they were raised in a home that believed in Jesus. They did not let go of their Jewish roots. That's the name of their program. And you may have seen them. Um, they've been in many movies where they've played Bible characters. Their beards, you, you see their T-shirts, logo, the bearded Bible brothers. They truly are brothers. And um, their beards have gotten them a long way in playing biblical characters with beards. So I thought that was kind of funny, just a byproduct. And I did not pr play this for the purpose of bad-mouthing bad or uh, putting down our own government for the way they've handled this. That wasn't my purpose. But I do pray that hearts will be turned to Christ. Will, you can stand with me, we're gonna pray. I do pray that 
eyes will be opened and, and people will see in leadership in our government that our own people need to get out of there and they don't need to sign a promissory note to say, I have to pay everything back to the government in order to be extracted. Father, we come to you today once again, united in heart and united in mind and spirit, O oh God, to lift up the people of Israel. Oh, Father, again we ask, not only the iron dome that's, uh, that, that defends them militarily, oh, but the host of heaven. The armies of heaven defend them, Lord. And God, I pray for those in Gaza. Oh, Lord, if there's any hope for them to come to a saving grace in Jesus Christ, because that's what you came for, to save those that were lost. Lord, I pray that you would make a way and that you would get our people, Lord, our American citizens out of harm's way and protect them as well. Lord, I pray that your will be done in this war. I pray, Lord, that the blessing of God upon Israel will be undeniably visible and that people will say, this was the hand of God. And we ask it on all these things, Lord, in Jesus' name, for it's his name above all that conquers every foe. And we stand together on that name. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen and amen.